Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Today we're in Mark 6. We'll jump right in. A lot of um, vivid uh, images of Jesus' miracle workings. Um, this is such a great um, study. Chapter 6, verse 1. And this is just remember after he had raised a little girl from the dead. And he had, he had healed this woman with the bleeding disorder. So now... Um, verse chapter 6, verse 1, he went away from there and came to his hometown. So this must be back in Capernaum, or maybe it's in Nazareth. Probably in Nazareth. So, um, yeah, his, his headquarters sort of was in Capernaum because they had earlier rejected him in Nazareth. So now he's coming back to Nazareth. So he went uh, away from there, came to his hometown, Nazareth, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Joses, and Judas, and Simon? And uh, are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Like, who's this guy? I mean, He's never been anybody so special. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown, and among his relatives, and is and in his own household. How true that is, huh? McGee says, A great preacher is just a an ordinary man teaching in a in a, a different town, you know. Like it's it's like you can be who you are. You're around your friends and family, people who know you. You're nothing special, but you give the same lecture, give the same talk somewhere else. People think you're an expert, and they listen to you. It's amazing. Verse five, and he could do no mighty works there, except that he laid his hand on hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he marvelled because of their unbelief. Isn't it amazing? And McGee says, the. Um, the only thing holding back the omnipotence sometimes of Jesus' ability to do his works in our lives is, is our unbelief. And he went out among the villages teaching. 
He didn't need to go to some big fancy place. He went to the villages. He went to the small places. <clears throat> Chapter, uh, verse 7. And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two, on, uh, two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there, and if any place will not receive you, they will not listen to you. Leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that the people should repent, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Jesus was telling them, if you're going to ask other people to live by faith, you need to live by faith. Verse 14, King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become uh, known. Some said, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said he's Elijah, and others said he's a prophet, like the one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he married her. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodotus had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death, but she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. For when Herodotus' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give to you up to half my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, For what shall I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And when she came in immediately with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry, but because of his oaths to his guests, he did not want to break his word. And immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. And he went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl and the girl gave it to her mother and when his disciples heard of it they came and took the body and laid it in a tomb so you get this interlude here of how john the baptist dies in the middle of all of these signs and miracles people are not believing in trusting the Lord Jesus, looking at these signs and miracles. It's kind of wondrous. Like today, you think, you think if Jesus came back and did all these signs and miracles, everybody would believe in him, right? No, not everybody. Look at the people's hearts who were hardened. And then you think, well, wow. What about the 
disciples. Well, even their hearts were hardened too. And we're going to look at this. Verse 30, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. I mean, wouldn't it be the temptation for these people to come back and say, look what I did? So they're, they're telling him all that they had done. But really, it's Jesus working through them, right? So Jesus is saying to them, Come away and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. I mean, these folks' celebrity was exploding. <clears throat> When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them. Jesus is thinking of them, not himself. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is late. Send them away into the surrounding countryside and villages and, um, and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered to them, You give them something to eat. And he said to the, and they said to him, "Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat?" Two hundred denarii was about two hundred days' labor. This is big expense here. This is a lot of people, and this is. It makes reference that there were five thousand men. There are probably more than than the five thousand because. They're just counting the men. What about women and children there? So he said to them, How many loaves do you have? And and when they had found out, they you know, they came back and said, Five and two fish. In other words, five loaves of bread and two fish. You got five thousand plus people sitting around. Then he commanded them to all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and fifties. And taking the loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. That's a big-time miracle right there. My study Bible says, Jesus depended on the Father in heaven because he looks up to the Father in heaven. Said a blessing? Is that depending on the Father? I'm not, I, I don't, I can't claim to know, but, but he's, he's looking up to saying the blessing. He's acknowledging his Father in heaven as he blesses the food. So even as you could argue his greatest miracle, Jesus shows humility to the Father in heaven. <clears throat> Verse 45, Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethesda while he dismissed the crowd. I mean, so, okay, so we're moving from one thing to another. This is how fast pace their days are going. And after he had taken leave of them, <clears throat> he went up on the mountain to pray. 
And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw, verse 48, and he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. Isn't that interesting? Jesus sees them toiling on the sea. And how many times, as McGee says, how many times are we making headway painfully? How many times are we toiling on the sea? And Jesus sees us, and he comes to us walking on the sea. He meant to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, don't be afraid, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded. For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. He walks on the sea, he feeds 5,000. Their hearts were hardened too, just like Herod's heart was hardened also. Prevented him from knowing who Jesus was. The people who were closest to him didn't know who he was. And yet, when they're making headway painfully, he walks to them. And it echoes my study Bible, what Job says in chapter 9, verse 8. It is God who trampled the waves of the sea. In the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation, said walking on the sea. And, um, and then Job 9, 11 says, He passes by me. So, it's like Jesus is fulfilling that prophecy in Job that he, he tramples, he walks on the sea, and he passes by me. Jesus was going to pass by. They can see him passing right by them in their time of trouble. He's right beside them. Will our, will our hearts be hardened because of the trouble around us? Or will we let go of our hearts and realize that our faith is not depending on whether God blesses us or not? It's depending on the presence of God, not the blessing. 53, when, verse 53, when they had crossed over, they came to a land, Gennet and moored to the shore. And they, when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized them. And the Gennesaret was, um, Gennesaret was, I think it's a little bit um, southwest of Capernaum. So they recognized them. They ran about the whole region and began to bring their sick people on their beds to whatever, where, wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. They touched it not because of the garment. They touched it because of their faith. Their faith in Jesus. So encouraging today, no matter where we are, whatever boat we're rowing in, 
if we're rowing against the headwinds, Jesus is there. He sees us. He knows what we're going through. He's passing right beside us. And with faith, if we just have faith, even the fringe of His garment can make our, our broken lives well again. So we're going to stop here. I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host and Zami and Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your take on this wonderful, wonderful, encouraging passage today. So from me to all of you, as always, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ. And we'll see you here again tomorrow next time as we continue our study through this great, great book of Mark. God bless you all.